So Tedra, we're picking up um, where we left off. We were talking about reaching out to each other, advocating, um, and you were in an example talking about going into a meeting and having someone already, uh, almost like a comrade, supporting what it is that you're advocating for or supporting um, a presentation. So if you want to pick up there. Absolutely. So what I was saying is when you as a woman of color, you as a black woman, you are in a leadership position and you have um, a younger leader, you know, a, a person a, a, who's emerging leader or a novice in leadership coming up through the ranks and they have an opportunity to be in a meeting and to speak on something. Ask them before the meeting, what is it that you're going to be presenting that I can support you on? So when you get into that meeting, and if I'm that novice person and I'm talking about, okay, I have this event coming up that or this idea mm -hmm. of an event that I want to do, and you as the established leader already know about what I'm doing because I've already planted that in your ear. You can be my ally in that meeting. Yes. Because as the uh, more experienced leader, the senior leader, you already have the respect of others in that room. You have uh, power that that novice leader, that that other woman of color will not have. Right. So to have an ally in that room that is vouching for her, that could be everything to her career, to her confidence, to her mindset. So you see how that starts to play now. Now that you have grown, developed your mindset, now it's time, you got your oxygen mask on now. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to take that oxygen mask and put it on someone else and start to help them grow and start to help them develop. And then they'll know that they have someone there that has their back. So then when they go through the process, now they can reach back and do the same thing for someone else. And that's one way that women, especially women of color, we can help each other. You know, we, we've got to get out of that mindset of, I got mine, you better get yours, girl. Right. It's hard, but you can do it. Okay, no, show me how to do that. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, I'm not 15 years old trying to get in you know, this, this world or this position when I could be doing that when I'm 30 years old. That part. So, yeah. so many of us, you know, I remember two, three weeks ago when we chatted, we were talking about that. The things that if we knew, like audience, if you don't know, Tedra leads something that's called Dope Girls. Um, and I'll let her talk about it um, in just a moment. But it's a lot of us who are doing great things in our industries or in our communities, and we're sharing a lot of knowledge, and we're having a lot of conversations that are intergenerational and crosses over identity that bridge the gap in knowledge and experience. Like when you think you're the only person going through, it's tougher, and it breeds that scarcity. It breeds that fear. It breeds that imposter syndrome. No, we have to show each other the ropes. We have to help each other grow because somebody did that for you in part it for somebody else. We talk about we want to move away from representation only or tokenism. The way to do that is to do the things that have already been done within other cultures or other identities. We talk about the good old boys network. It's built off of that. It's built for one. Right. It's built for one. 
Yes, one cisgender white man lends another. Oh, Pete's good. Pete, come on. I'm going to take you with me and I'm going to show you everybody and I'm going to show you how things work. And then you'll get in here and you build it. And then Pete shows John and then John shows Michael. We have to be willing to do that. We're not each other's competition. We can't help. <laughs> we are not each other's competition. You can lend a hand and still arrive wherever your destination or your journey is going to take you. And even if your journey is parallel somebody else, that's not the end of the It's like um, going to a store or um, we all had that moment when we were really young in the mind. She got on my shirt. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they made more than just the one you bought, right? That's life. Exactly. <laughs> and I always liking it too, girl. Like, you talk about going to the store, I always liking it, like going to the grocery store and looking at the bread aisle. It's a whole lot of bread in that bread aisle. Yes. A lot of white bread, wheat bread, honey, wheat, all of that stuff. But it just means that even though it's all bread, people are different brands mm -hmm. that bring to the to the store. They can offer different things. And that's the way that we are. We may all be in the same industry, but we all have our own uniqueness about ourselves. And just because we are, you know, focusing on things that may be similar, we still can help each other get into places that, you know, I may not be able to get into right. without Coretta showing me or introducing me to someone. But you mentioned Dope Girls. That's actually, um, Dope Girls started because I guess it was like, wow, like a year or so ago, mm -hmm. maybe a little over a year ago, I was in a place where I'm like, you know what? I need some inspiration. Um, I'm finding myself getting in a rut and I need to get inspired. And I did not want to look necessarily at celebrities, right. and, you know, the big, big or whatever. So I took a look at, you know, the my friends and associates that I've known for, you know, a, a while, for years, and even some that maybe I didn't know quite as long, but who were doing some excellent, excellent things. I mean, you know, I'm like, dang, that's, she was doing some really dope, cool things. And so I began to get inspired by my friends. And then I kind of kept looking and I was like, oh, wait, I knew this person was doing that. But when I really look at what she's doing, it's awesome. It's so inspiring. So then I began to um, highlight them on Facebook. And I would just kind of jump on their Facebook page and pick out some of their pictures that they had posted up on on Facebook, and I would do like a little highlight of my friends and just talking about how dope they are. And, um, you know, dope, of course, saying that something dope is just something that we tend to say as a slang term, but dope girl actually means something, an acronym. So, you know, um, dope girl really means that someone is driven, original. Uh, purposeful and extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at just the uh, the people around you, the inspiration is crazy. Yes. When you look at just like your friends, it's like you really don't even have to go far mm -hmm. to look at people who are doing 
doing some great things that maybe you can tap into, you know, some of that, you know, that, that connection and that network, you know, um, matter of fact, I had someone just reach out to me a couple of days ago, um, actually yesterday, yesterday, day before yesterday. And, um, she's part of the group. She, you know, messaged me and, you know, her career field, she's interested in starting up her own business in her career field. And I'm like, oh, I know a couple of people. Let me reach out to them, see if it's okay. And, you know, maybe they can be your advisors, kind of mentor you through that process. Reach out to a couple of people in a couple of different states. And they both was like, heck, yeah, do it, whatever. Sure, no problem. Here's my phone number. And so now they've made connections right. to, you know, they would have never met each other. Right. You know, so that connection was made. And so now this young lady has another woman of color to help her through this process of starting her own practice. You know, and she may not have gotten that before. And then it's people who, who have started their own um, practice in two different kinds of ways. And so now she's going to get that through those connections. She'll be able to get that information and some of that advice. And that came through Dope Girl. Just because, of, you know, that's that's the purpose of that. You know, um, I, I highlight people and, and I think that, you know, we have so much um, awesomeness and it needs to be, um, you know, I think women need there's so many of us that just need to have that um, what is it I'm looking for that, that visualization people need to see us yes you know I want to serve notice of who these ladies are and amplify their voices right you know they're not the people that you're going to see on TV every day but these women need to be seen they need to be heard you know we need to change the narrative of who we are as collectively as black women Yes. You know, that serial, those stereotypes are there. Those biases are there. You know, whatever. This is what we do. And we need to put those images out there. We need to put that, that information out there so that, you know, for those women who do want to secure that seat at the table or they want to build their own table through entrepreneurship, the adult girl is a collective that is there for us to help support each other, to empower each other, advise or mentor each other. You know, I try to, at this point, just curating a lot of information, um, highlighting women, highlighting us. You know, we're still making history out there, so I'm highlighting everything that I can find so that it helps to build the confidence Mm -hmm. of those ladies who are seeing that every day. Because these people that I'm highlighting, a lot of them are just yeah, everyday, ordinary person who's doing extraordinary things. And it makes you say, well, dang, if she can do it, I can do it too. And it gives them that gumption, that little oomph mm-hmm. that they need to try and do it. So that, that's my little thing with the girl. And it's so critical. I mean, I even think about um, today's topic about entrepreneurship, just reading and hearing people's journeys of those who have started, those who are thinking about it, those who have done it for a while, even just getting to hear some of the paths people have taken or their why or, 
you know, where they are in their how or their what or their when, um, it, it breaks down barriers. It makes things that feel impossible look realistic. We're more than just entertainers. Um, and, and that's not a knock on entertainment, but there's a lot of things out here that people want to do that they don't have anybody in their network that's doing that. So when you make it easy for women of color and black women to share stories or talk among ourselves and share those missing pieces, I call it the middle. Um, I had, had a pastor say it years ago, a lot of times people, when they give their testimony, they tell you the beginning and the end, but it's the middle that makes them, it's the middle that's the difference because you get so far that you can't go back, but then you're not quite where you want to be at. And that middle is so critical. People, when we talk about showing the ropes, it's the middle. And when you have these groups where people can show up and they don't have to be pretentious, it's not secretive, it's not exclusive, it's not it's not to the point that you feel like you have to audition to have a conversation with somebody, people will open up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. And then, you know, and that was one of the things that I just felt so good about when this young lady reached out to me about starting her private practice. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have nothing that I can tell you, but guess what? I can connect you with someone right. who can help you. And they can share, you know, if I had known this, then I would have done it differently. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing to save you some time, money, and energy from going through that kind of stuff. The, and I love it. Tell in the middle. So I'm going to steal that. So you'll probably hear me say that. <laughs> <laughs> You are welcome, because I got it from somebody else. <laughs> so true. Again, we have to get out of the mindset of, I got mine, girl. You can, got, you can go get yours. You got it. Nah. Good luck. You know, but how can I advocate for this person? How can I be her ally in a, in a boardroom, in a meeting room? How can I, because especially... For women of color, sometimes we're, we we feel like we're invisible and that we're not heard. Mm-hmm. It seems like we can say something and it's ignored. And I swear before God, somebody else in that room say the same thing. Come on. Right. And they just rephrase your words. I'm sorry? I said, and they just rephrase your words. Or they may have... But they have the social capital, you know, that you don't have maybe, or they have the influence that you don't have, and they literally just take your work right in front of you. And right in front of and because they, that's just, they, that confident. Yep. In no way, well, they don't listen to me because I have a relationship with these folks, mm-hmm. so they don't pay attention to me. And you sitting over here like, but wait, I said, mm-hmm. and you're not vocal because you're like, these people ain't listening to me, so I mean, I don't want to come across as the angry black woman. So now we got, you know, trying to stay within who we are, our professional selves, and you don't want to come across as a complainer because then you're gonna sound like a complaining angry black woman. Nobody listens to me. Have to advocate for each other. Even if you know it's someone who doesn't look like us, but who is willing to have some type of relationship with us, ask them, you know what, I'm going to be talking about this right. in my meeting today, and I know you're going to be in there. Can you back me up in this? 
what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. I want to present it like this. Do you think they're going to hear it in the spirit in which I'm giving it? Or is it going to come across as something else? Right. You know, find that person that you can trust and that you have a relationship with who can serve as your ally. Even if, it, again, even if it's not a woman of color, but somebody that can help you amplify your voice a little bit louder. Because that is so critical. Um, your voice is important. And when yeah. you can build that confidence, it allows you to build your own social capital to enhance the relationships, maybe in that room or in that space or even in a broader um place. But I also think about the word accessibility. When we feel good, when we're out here doing our very best, then that radiates out and it's bigger than just the opportunities. That makes us approachable and accessible for other dope women who need to access us. Whether they are young ladies, whether they're in high school, whether they're in middle school, elementary, or maybe it's something that you do in a community, people can't access you. You alluded to it, or you actually stated it plainly. Maybe some things can't find you because you're either not in the right headset headspace, or you're not in the right mind frame, or you're not ready. But when you get what you need, you can be accessible to somebody else. And that's how we continue to grow as women. Yeah. And it's not difficult. It is not difficult at all. You know, I used to teach these classes um, downtown Atlanta um, at the Urban League. And one of the things, it was career readiness, job readiness, getting back out there in the world of work. And one of the things I would tell the people is, you know what? Y'all have to be more social. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, because you know, it's black women. Like, no, I ain't trying to be nobody's friend. I'm trying to go to work, get my money, and come home. We were socialized that our parents told us, You ain't up there to make no friends. You go up there and get right. The volunteer, <laughs> the people who volunteer, right? The people who are social. You don't, have, you don't have to make them your best friend. But if you know their kid plays soccer, ask them how the soccer game went this weekend. Right. Ask them, you know, oh, so how was your weekend? You don't have to listen to every story or even care. But show yourself as social because they already have this mindset where, you know what, you know, black women aren't social anyway. They just stay to themselves. They don't really talk to us. Guess who gets the jobs, the promotions, and, and it's so funny. And they were, you know, like when people go out and take smoke breaks. I said, they don't go out by themselves. Nope. They go out and pack. At least two, three of them. And what are they doing? They're out there talking. Mm-hmm. They're getting to know each other. They're becoming more social. When people go golfing, and that's where most big business deals are made are out on golf courses. They're not made in boardrooms. They're made in social settings. And so when you start to think about it, especially as black women, we have to be more open, not making best friends, but being a little bit more open and social at work, especially in the capacity of being an ally for each other. We gotta start doing that. We have to start bringing each other up. That is one of the key missing pieces that I've witnessed is is that part right there. 
not being, um, you know, those, those, not say you gotta be a social butterfly, but again, showing that, that part of you that you can be more social so that you become more approachable and not quite as, um, uh, intimidate. I don't even want to say the word intimidating, but some people may look at it as like, well, I really don't want to approach her because, you know, she's kind of quiet or she stays to herself. And so they never even try to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Now, will that work every time? I don't know. But they can never say that, you know, well, she wasn't approachable. Yeah, I was approachable. Remember, we would chat all the time at the water cooler. We would chat all the time, kind of crossing each other's paths. And so I think that that as well can help open up some relationships, too, where you can find, you know, we, we mentioned a little bit earlier you know, finding those people that could could be that ally for you, that can vouch for you, where you can volunteer to work on um, projects and, you know, offer services and different things like that. And a lot of that comes from casual conversation. It is. Because um, as I think about the phrase, you know, you can't do life alone. A lot of times things are informal. So I, I've looked up and sometimes I've seen people in positions and I'm, like that position didn't post up. No, it was either appointed or somebody was made interim and they use an informal way to, oh, I know this person or somebody made a recommendation and somebody got shoulder tap for something. Mm-hmm. That's why the networks and having a sociable, a healthy social or people don't like the word political, but you have to be political. You don't have to play catty, nasty games. That's not political, that's drama. Being political is learning how to leverage your relationships for information, for advocacy, and also you're going to have to support other people's initiatives, dreams, whatever it is, depending on what industry you serve in, you have to have an active community life at work if you want to be successful. Absolutely. You never know who people are connected to. Yes. And it is so easy when you have been friendly and sociable with people and you, you know, kind of allowed them a little bit into who you are and they've allowed a little bit into who they are, it is so easy for them to, to call on a favor or to ask them, support me in this. I'm about to do this. What do you think about this? Or I'm about to go in and talk to this person. What do you know about them? How, how the, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that stuff comes from that. You'll never be able to get that. And I told this lady um, when I was talking about work downtown, she told me she would never do that. She goes to work, she keeps her head down, and she does her work. And they let her go from her job. And she was so upset. And she said, I was the best kept secret at that place. Oh. And I told her that was the problem. You never want to get in there. And you did all of that work, and nobody knew it was you. Right. That's it. Yeah. You can't do yeah. it by yourself. No, you don't want to be a, a secret. You want to be confident. You want to toot your own horn. You know, and let have that advocate again. That's why you want someone who can support you so they can toot your horn for you. Right. And you may have to unlearn some things. You know, Tedra and I have been really light about some of the things we've been socialized around, but 
you have to take a step back. You know, we've been told, and it's not that this is not 100% true. We know, um, so what is the phrase? Oh, you've got to work two and three and four times as hard as everybody else. Yes, so how are you internalizing that? Are you resentful? Are you bitter? Right, like- People say that to me, I'm like, the devil is lied. That already got me not wanting to do anything. Right, because- as we, well, for me, I can say, you know, yeah, I grew up here in aunts and uncles and parents say that. Guess what? That was also, they came up in a different generation and what their work life looked like. Like we talk about work-life balance and satisfaction. Our parents were just happy to put food on the table, some of us. Um, and their focus and their their uh, motivation was different than our every generation. It looks different because we're unlearning things that that are detrimental to our health and our well-being and then to just our family and making time for things other than work. So uh, side note, please have an identity outside of your job. But that's another topic for another day. Um, but you may have to unlearn some things, you know, the whole uh, I'll sleep when I'll die or don't make friends at work. Those are things, those are career suicides. Those are, in, it's not just about career. You spend anybody that's not remote or working from home, pre-COVID at least, you spend on the average seven to eight, some of you all 10 to 12 hours a day at work. You spend more time and you spend more waking hours with the people that you work with than you do with the family that you're working for. Think about it. You spend more waking hours at work than you do at home with your family. Every day. I cannot go to work and then just not be, you know, knowing the people I'm talking to or anything like that. Because you do. That that weighs on you. Mm-hmm. And even if, you know, I'm spending 10 hours a day, because think about it, it's only 24 hours in a day. Right. And I'm spending 9, 10 hours a day with you and eight hours at home sleep. Right. You know, you only have what six more hours. And don't let your kids have or your spouse or whatever have something else to do in the evening, a game or something to go to, or practice or whatever then the homework and you know, for those of us with children, you like hustling trying to do that, get dinner ready next thing you know it's time. For them to go to bed. So you might get two hours with your children on a regular work school day. And then at the end of the day, you tired and ready for bed. So, you know, you're spending all this time with these people that you work with. It is, you know, very necessary for us to have positive relationships at work. Mm-hmm. Again, not necessarily having to be the social butterfly business right. with everybody but definitely having that positive relationship at work so that when you get up in the morning, it's not a dread. Right. Work. You know, I can't tell you the number of times I heard like, oh my God, I hate going to work with these people. Well, why are you going to work there? It's time to reevaluate. Time to reevaluate. And as you said at the beginning of this session, it's time to realign. Mm-hmm. Go back to your why. And because you might have outgrown some things. And I'm glad that you said that go back to, you know, during throughout this conversation, we talked about your your mindset, getting clear understanding of your 
motivations and your why, but then also creating actionable steps so that you can accomplish your goals. And then also with that, you've got to you've got to have a social life at your place of employment or your or you have to be connected in your industry in some type of way because you can't do this life or your career journey by yourself. So some important things Tedra has helped us cover today. Um, Tedra, any more gems that you want to sum up for us or things to keep in mind? You know what, Coretta, I think we have hit so many good topics, but, you know, the biggest one again is really just, you know, always go back to your why. Why am I doing this? Why do I want this? Why am I willing to give up my time, energy, my money, my resources to do this? And that will always, again, be your, your, um, your, your northern star, you know, that will always take you back and realign you, even if how you're doing it may change, your why is going to be there. And that's always going to be the fuel that you need, the motivation that you need to keep on your journey. You know what? Open yourself up to do some different things. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over and expect things to change and get different results. You know, be open um, to changing your mindset and doing those things that, you know what, that you've been called to do. That's it. It's been a pleasure having you on, Tedra. Tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you if they want to um, follow up with you. Haynes White on all the platforms. All right. 